Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I am Michelle Berquist, your host today of Women Leading the Way, and do I have a phenomenal woman leading the way. (laughs) So I'm excited to introduce my guest today, Carly Chance, and she is, I'm I'm just going to say this is one of the funnest people you'll ever talk to, but Carly Chance is not only a certified escrow officer, but she is in business development for Elite Escrow. And her title on her LinkedIn profile, which was one of the things I love most about her, is she is an she is an extra escrow extraordinaire. So Carly, say hello <laughs> to all of our listeners and welcome, Miss Escrow Extraordinaire. I love that. Good morning. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's great to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on our show. It's like I know you and I have had um, multiple conversations, just, you know, more about kind of like our philosophy in business about building relationships. And I think, you know, for today, that's really our theme is, you know, how to build elite business relationships. You have a really, from our conversations, which is one of the reasons I wanted you as my guest, not only to talk about what you do, but just how you have your your approach and your opinion into building relationships with other people. I've, I've been very charmed by that. So I'm excited for our listeners to hear that. But to start with, can you kind of share? I mean, I know people have heard of escrow officers before. You know, you know you need that service when you're buying or selling a home. But, you know, give us kind of the, the little kind of once over about escrow and the escrow industry. Just what is escrow services, if you can share with our listeners? Sure, absolutely. Basically, escrow is the hubbub, like the center of the real estate transaction when you're buying or selling a home. We deal directly with the real estate agents, the buyers, the sellers, the lenders, the transaction coordinators, even the NHD people, the home warranty, pay different vendors through the transaction. So basically, we handle preparing any of the documents that need to be signed and notarized and recorded to meet the contractual agreements, and then we also handle the money in the transaction. So we take the money from the buyer or the buyer's lender, make sure all the conditions of the transaction have been met, and then any remaining proceeds, we make sure reach the seller in a timely manner. I love that. Well, I mean, it just kind of makes it so simple to understand because you know you need it, but it's kind of like one of those almost kind of transparent services when you're buying or selling a home, um, unless there's something that doesn't go according to plan, right? How many times have you need us in there? <laughs> I was going to leave that part not. out. I was going to leave that part out. <laughs> there's definitely a lot. Exactly. I think the biggest challenge, the biggest challenge with escrow is there's just so many different working parts. So if you just, you know, simplify it how I did a moment ago, it seems pretty easy. But when you have all those different people coming to you at the same time with different needs and wants and requirements, and then you have the regulators 
you know, behind you as well, it definitely can become quite the juggling act. So I think that's where the talent comes mm. into play with actually being an escrow officer is being able to multitask, being able to deal with different personalities, being able to meet needs in a timely fashion. So it's definitely an intricate part of the real estate process. Well, and, you know, for our listeners, this leads me to the big question. It's like, how did you, you know, end up in escrow, like in the industry? Did you, what was kind of your start? And was that kind of by design? Did you like, oh, it just happened to be, that's where I started and I've grown, you know, in that industry. How did you start in escrow? I actually started at a temp agency as a receptionist. (laughs) And it's kind of funny because we, um, escrow. Escrow does seem to be a female-dominated business, and we've always kind of wondered why. And looking back, we've kind of determined, you know, it's been around for so long, that back in you know, the later – I've been in the business for over 20 years. I'm working with ladies who have been in the business for, you know, 40, 50 years. Um, most of the positions – Wow. You know, it's an, experience, it's an experience-based business, right? So most everyone came in as a receptionist. And back in those days, there weren't a lot of men applying for receptionist positions. So we think that's kind of how it's evolved. Now people will come into the industry and just apply for an escrow assistant position and then be trained into an escrow officer. But in the beginning, you basically came in as a receptionist is how you started. You just worked your way up the chain and see if you made the cut. I love, you know, it's funny because I came from banking. So banking was the same thing. You came in and you either started as a teller or you started as a, what they call the customer service clerk, you know, kind of like, I mean, when you hear sometimes men talk about where they started in the mail room, you know, I mean, I don't hear many women say that, <laughs> but it is crazy that there's always the starting place, right? In every industry and wow. But, you know, I know for you, you know, talk a little bit about your journey. Like I'd love for you to share What are some of the things you've learned as you went from a receptionist to getting to be a certified escrow officer? I mean, that's like a big jump in my opinion. And how, what are some of the things that you did to be able to navigate that officer certified escrow officer role? I was always for some reason very driven and I loved the job. Fortunately, I think I inherited a lot of my dad's work ethic. So nothing was done (laughs) you know, 80, 80%, it was 120% or nothing. So I really, um, I just fell naturally into working the long hours, just, you know, working that extra effort. Um, and what I found that you can't always rely on your own work environment to educate you or to move you forward. So I started, I joined the escrow association and I started going to those dinner meetings and I started meeting other peers mm-hmm. in my industry who became mentors to me and just open my eyes to different opportunities. And that's when I came across the opportunity of becoming a certified escrow officer. And the funny thing was when I first became one, I wasn't even an escrow officer yet. I didn't even have that position, but I wanted that title. <laughs> so I took the wow. and actually failed it. I failed it twice, um, but I stayed Ugh. with it. And I finally passed it and became a, te- you know, a certified escrow officer before I even you know, was an escrow officer, but I kept uh, moving forward and just found the right people that believed in me and wanted to teach me everything that they knew. And then eventually I got my own escrow desk and um, just kept plugging away from there. (laughs) 
I love it. I love it. You know, I have to share a story with you. I had a friend of mine when I was in college, because I, I, I kind of did a couple of things too, but, you know, you always say, like, oh, I failed twice and got where I needed to go. And I remember one of my instructors said to me, no, you're like Thomas Edison. You just figured out after through a series of steps, not the failure part, but you figured out the one way to pass the test. And I thought, oh, my God, <laughs> that is such a different mindset shift. I'm like, I didn't fail. I just finally figured out the way to pass the test. And I thought that was smart. I mean, that just to I me that. was something so instrumental of like, you know, we got, we got to, we got to fail. And at the end, it's funny, Carly, even one of our, um, uh, for CWI, one of our members that was on stage for our Sue Talks recently, it's like, she said, you know, dare to suck. And I thought, oh, genius, right? We just need to kind of fail forward. I know there's so many like things on it, but I, that's awesome. I love that, right? It's, it, that's really good. You know, I know you have this wonderful philosophy about, I mean, just, your charm, and this is what I want our listeners to know, is that your charm and your personality really encompass who you are, which is one of the things that really impressed me the first time I met you. And I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey, because we talked about this right before the show, was from, you know, being at the desk in a work environment, you know, making the drive to the office, and, you know, I think it's eight to five or maybe longer, you know, that you were working, and now you're in this business development role. And I'm curious, how did that happen where you shifted over to business development? Was it purposeful on your part or, you know, was this something that you got asked to do? What, what was the, what was kind of the, the cause and effect here to get into business development from being, uh, as you said, at a desk job? <laughs> well, it's funny because even when I was at my desk, I always felt kind of um, like stifled a little bit because I was very personable on the phone. I loved, I actually started in title where I didn't even have a phone at my desk. I would just sit at a, t- a desk, you know, bust out work, log in on a piece of paper, and I would go to the restroom oh just to talk to people in the just to talk to people in the hallways to get my social interaction. And I was going crazy. So that's when actually the title my title peer said, "Why don't you try working in the escrow industry because it's much more social." So I did that, and I love talking on the phone with people. I love meeting with clients, you know, that would come to the office. But I was always just kind of like, I just felt like I was kind of like in this little cage and I just wanted to be more social and more talkative and more, you know, engaging with people. And I was always listening to self-help books and I was always, you know, just wanting, seeking this mentorship and this camaraderie. Um, But I just kept trudging along and then I had a couple opportunities where um, a sales rep at my office had um, made a change and someone mentioned, oh, Carly would be good for that position. And for some reason, I had this stigma in my head of a salesperson. I never thought of myself as a salesperson. (laughs) I think of myself more as, you know, someone who wants to serve and help people. So I declined. Um, And then I think about a year later, another opportunity arose for the business development, you know, sales position. And I finally decided, I said, you know what, what do I have to lose? Um, I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. So I took the position and, um, you know, it was, it's still a learning curve. I mean, every day I learned something new about my personality, about different personalities out there, um, how to serve better. And I did learn that, you know, it is not selling, it is serving. And I truly believe that, you know, what I do with escrow is it is helping people, you know, through the buying and selling process by educating them and, you know, making the transactions smoother so I personally, like, I can never look back. I love finally getting to meet the people that I work with instead of just, you know, knowing them through a computer screen or an email. I get to, 
you know, get more intimate conversations with them because sometimes you have to really know someone um, before you can learn how to help them and help their business. So that's what, that's the journey right. I'm on and I'm absolutely loving it. And I just try to better myself every day and how I can better help other people, you know, with their career and make, you know, their business. I love it. And can you also, I mean, I, I'm going to guess here, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, which I like to be right, just so you know, but that's another subject. Anyway, my question to you is, you know, are you, are you actually in sales where it's like you're measured based on business that comes in? Or you mentioned business development. So that to me equals, is it just about building relationships or is there any measurable outcomes to how you go about what you do or is that evolving? Like I'm curious how – you know, what, what do you see as a difference between business development or sales? I mean, do you see it as a sales role or no? Um, technically, I mean, I guess my job is to increase the business at my company. <laughs> so if you ask, mm-hmm. you know, my, te- my team, of course, they're looking for certain results. But my mindset is way different. Um, I think of it as, you know, if you give and you serve, then eventually, you know, you'll reap the benefits of that, and it's more authentic that way, and it feels better that way, and um, it's just my way of trying to do good and help other people. So I, you know, I, I love. First I, of I'm all, answering your oh. question specifically, but no, you are. <laughs> um, you are. You actually I are, and it's like that. I'm, yeah, I just. I think it's I think it's an amazing philosophy. No, I, this is a testament to you, and I, I'm going to say to the company you work with, you know that so many organizations right now, Carly, are all focused on, you know, okay, what's the bottom line? Like, how much have you brought in? It's like, how many clients did you bring in this week, this month, this quarter, this year? You know, it's like those goals, those goals, those goals. And it and yes, you need to have some sort of a measurement milestone. But what I love is that you have this. I mean, to me, again, I know every company has a lot of layers, but what an absolutely awesome opportunity to go out and build relationships and look at things as serve first. Like I I wish more companies would look at it that way. And I mean, I'd love for you to share it. Like what is, you know, when you think of this wonderful opportunity, because I too, like you, when I was in banking, it was like all of a sudden it's like if you've got a pleasing personality and you love people, then instinctively people go, oh, well, you should be in sales. And I'm like, well, that's not always, you know, where I need to go. It's like I love people and I love building relationships, and I think there's a difference. So I'm I'm curious mm-hmm. with you, is the company – is the company culture at Elite Escrow, you know, is it, it sounds like it's all about building relationships, which I think is, I think is fabulous. Can you kind of touch on that about what the cult, what the culture is like at Elite Escrow? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely, you know, about serving and helping and, you know, serving the community and helping to educate. We put on classes all the time to help educate, you know, agents and the consumers. We're constantly putting out, data on our social media platforms and everyone at my company really just goes above and beyond you know to help the buyers and sellers to walk them through everything uh, we're actually just getting ready to do a food drive right now for one of the san, Di- the san diego food banks and we're constantly sponsored um a golf tournament i think last month we're constantly just trying to you know be a part of the community i just feel personally that the more you help other people and their lives and the things they're going through, that's going to help, you know, them grow and build and in return will help us all grow and build. And I think that we get caught up in the little that. 
you know, we, we just get, we get focused on what we're doing and, you know, ourselves moving forward. But if we move forward together, then I think everyone benefits. And I think that's what, how Elite feels as well is just, you know, if we all work together in synchronicity, then, you know, we all benefit. I agree. I agree. No, here, here, hundred percent. I just, I, I want you to share that. I'm so glad you shared that with our listeners. So, Hey, we're going to take a quick little commercial break here. So I have a little sponsor. Thank you. I need to do. So hang with me. And when we come back, what I'd really kind of like love to look at is, you know, what was COVID the year of COVID and it's lasted a way longer than just a year, but what was last year like for you in the escrow business? And how did you kind of like, you know, keep on keeping on? So hang with me for a quick minute, and I'm going to read a sponsor thing here. Um, Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, Microsoft. The Microsoft mission is to empower every person and organization on the planet to achieve more. Microsoft believes technology is a powerful force for good, and they're working to foster a sustainable future where everyone has access to the benefits and the opportunities created by technology. Microsoft believes technology can and should be a powerful force for good and that meaningful innovation can and will contribute to a brighter world in big and small ways. So thank you for your support, Microsoft, and to all of our sponsors and partners. So Carly, now back to you. Let's talk about the word I hate the most in the world right now is the word pivot. (laughs) I think every time that word comes up, I'm like, no, I don't want to hear it anymore. But let's talk about last year because 2020 for all of us, um, you know, of all the things that happened, I'm just curious what kind of an impact did COVID had have for you and your role in what you do as an escrow officer? Because you're out and about all the time and you're a people person. So what, you know, tell us, go back to March last year and just tell us what, what happened, you know, that you can, the day you remember when the world changed, right? We all know where we were at that point. I know. It, it was so crazy, and it definitely impacted our industry. I mean, our office shut down to the public. Um, we actually, at one time, were probably at about almost half staff. We started, we had to learn how to re- work remotely. Thank goodness we were already on a pretty much paperless um, system. So I'm glad that we, mm-hmm. you know, did that, you know, a couple of years, you know, we've been on that for a while now, which has saved us being able to transition to the remote working from home. We just, um, the most important thing was to keep our staff healthy, because if we couldn't do that, then we know that we wouldn't be able to keep doing business. Um, so that's kind of the take right. from my people in the office. But as far as um, I go from a business standpoint in the field, yeah, everything's shut down. We do something called caravans where you go and you meet some agents and they talk about, you know, the houses that they're showing. Well, I did several of those a week, um, all of those canceled. So everything went to Zoom meetings. So that was huge. I had to get my whole uh, computer set up at home, Zoom ready, camera, all that good stuff. Um, I wasn't going to give up because I am such a social person and I really do believe that those face-to-face connections are important um, for my personality and my strengths of connecting with people. So I had to find something else. So I learned to golf. (laughs) I decided to learn to start golfing. And that was actually my saving grace was getting out um, at the golf courses and maybe a couple wineries here and there. So you just just learned how to golf last year? Like you just learned that was, that was your first time golfing last year? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh my gosh. Well, 
<laughs> my dad's an avid golfer, and, you know, he took us when we were little. But as far as as an adult, that's actually what inspired me. Uh, we, I was at a golf tournament, I think, just before COVID, and we had sponsored a hole, and it was great. But then I said, you know what, why can't I actually play in one of these? And that kind of got my thought process going. And then COVID hit, and I said, that's it. I'm going to learn how to golf. So I started taking clinics. I joined another amazing women's group called Women on Course. And I was actually referred awesome to group. by a real estate agent that I know. Yeah, and they've just really helped me build my course confidence. And I've made so many relationships, talking about relationships, out on the golf course. And I think that's, like, where I made my – sorry, Michelle, my little pivot – was everything I was doing was very, you know, real estate, uh, real estate event driven uh, pre-COVID. And once COVID hit, I started doing a lot more networking and relationship building outside of real estate, which is kind of unusual. But um, I'm telling you, it really, I learned a lot and I've met so many amazing people. And somehow it all tends to come back, <laughs> come back into a real estate or just, you know, our world in some way or another. I mean, it's just bringing everyone That's together so cool. and meeting people that do so many different things and being able to connect those people to each other. And I think that's just what's really brought me, you know, joy and peace in my, my career is being able to connect people, being able to connect good people to other good people who are also professionals and, um, you know, helping everyone grow. And I think COVID that's actually the, and that's the part. helped me do that. <laughs> Right. No, and I love that. I love that about you because you did share that with me last year. And I think, wow, you know, of everybody that, you know, I mean, again, I think people, all of us, I don't know, as a society, whatever, you know, so many of us in the business world, at least in Southern California, which is where you and I are located, it was interesting to see the evolution on Zoom, right? Because that was the only um, contact that I had with, you know, people pretty much until we got towards the fourth quarter of last year. And, you know, I think it's so cool that you tried new things. And I think that's a real big message for our listeners is that, you know, as we were turning upside down, you know, as a world order, it's like you went out and, you know, tried to try different things and found value from that. And I love the part about the relationships where now it's like you've got a, even a bigger circle of influence, which I think is really important. I love that. One thing I want to bring up, and this was one because you shared this with me, and you could say, oh, Michelle, I want to talk about it, but I, I'm not outing you. I'm just going, you had mentioned to me last year how tough it was, you know, for you to be on Zoom over and over with other people, which I think for all of us that that's the case. You know, I mean, it was the only thing we had. And I'm curious for you, was it more palatable when you started getting out more or did you just resolve that this is the way business is and I've got to do more on Zoom? I'm really curious kind of like how you've, you know, because Zoom, I mean, not Zoom, but at least remote, you know, interaction with people, that's kind of here to stay. It's not the only way anymore, but I'm seeing conferences that are still done, you know, in a virtual standpoint. I'm seeing Zoom meetings go on all over the place still as we, you know, have kind of like that hybrid interaction going on but for you what what kind of was the evolution of being frustrated with zoom because i sure was that's all we did last year and you were a part of that and then it's like people were starting to open up and some people were just like kissing the ground and doing everything they could to get out and saying i'm never going to have another zoom meeting but zoom is, is you know remote and virtual meetings are here to stay so tell me a little bit about your experience and kind of like how you how you got through that because that was that was rough for a lot of us as people people Sure. And taking it back actually a step before golf came into play, 
uh, when COVID first came <laughs> out, I definitely was on lockdown, you know, and that was, um, and to be quite honest with you, Michelle, I hate to say this because I know so many people had so many, you know, horrific things happen to them during COVID, but I have to say when COVID first started, honestly, it was a little bit of a saving grace for me because I was running myself ragged. You know, I was trying to be mm. everywhere at once. I was, you know, doing, I was on the road all the time, living out of my car, which I still do, you know, pretty much. But it was just, I, I almost like, it gave me a reason to be able to stay put for like a couple months. And it actually was like, um, it actually gave me kind of like a, it revived me a little bit. And honestly, your meetings, your like happy hours and stuff, your virtual happy hours and your virtual coffees, those are actually what got me through the first part of COVID. I had to step, it was so long ago, I had to actually step back and remember that. When, was, when we were all on actual lockdown, it was your, you know, coffees and your Zoom happy hours that gave me that feeling of the, the socializing and the networking still that um, I was craving. Now, once it started to mm-hmm. get things started opening up a little bit again, uh, and then I started getting back on the road again, it was kind of hard to make all the Zoom meetings. So I was kind of, you know, trying to balance, okay, what am I going to Zoom? What am I going to show up to in person? Uh, and that's when it got a little tricky again. And so I fell off the, you know, fell off the page a little bit with some of my Zoom meetings. I think I, the balance I have to find <laughs> is if it's, if it's informational-based, like if it's like, you know, I'm on a board, I'm in several boards and organizations. So if we're having like, you know, a board meeting and it's just like information, cut to the chase, let's just get this done, or like a quick client meeting, Zoom is amazing. I mean, you don't have to drive, you don't have to, you know, put your high heels on, whatever, things like that. It's, That's it's a good way to put that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but then there's yeah, other events have to dress where, halfway you know, up. people that you see. Exactly. I don't want to get too descriptive, but um, yeah. But then no, yours was better. Times, like there's people you're meeting on a <laughs> there's people you're meeting on a regular basis, and you're you know kind of just getting together to build those relationships. And I think those get-togethers I think are important to do in person. You know, when it's not so yeah. you know, business related or you know um, what's the word like having a, a regimen or like an itinerary or a list of things you're checking off when you're just showing up to really meet people. I think that's where Zoom a little bit, you know, wasn't quite as personal because it didn't allow you to just kind of like, oh, let's step over to the side and have a sip of wine with this mm-hmm. someone that you may felt a connection with where Zoom is, you know, so publicly put up there. However, I will say for my caravans that I used to meet with in person, when we started doing caravans on Zoom, that was actually amazing because people that you would have never walked up to at the live caravan, you would hear them interjecting on the screen and, you know, having side conversations. And you actually really got to know people that you would never have had, you know, the bravery or what have you to walk up to at a live event. So I guess it was wow. a way. Wow, that's I mean, amazing. Yeah. I think it does. Just I think it does. You know, I think – I, you know what, that, and that just describes you to a T, <laughs> is look at the positive <laughs> of both. Because I think, you know, what I love that you said, I mean, this, again, if our listeners pay attention, right? I mean, number one, it's like the, the fact that you kind of just were so authentic to say, I really kind of like love the pause. Because um, I think a lot of people maybe wouldn't admit that, you know, but I have seen so much where at least it seems now that it's, we're coming out of COVID, you know, trying to kind of get rid of it forever, which I think we're going to, it's going to be here for a while and we have to live with it and navigate it that, you know, people are kind of like, you know, reprioritizing what is important. Cause I agree with you. That was me too. I was like, you know, road warrior on the road, 
you know, here, there, everywhere in Southern California every week, you know, and when that stopped, it's like it causes you to reevaluate and go, what really is the best way to be effective? And, you know, I think there's a way to do both. I don't think that we're in the either or world anymore. I think it's more of the land of and, and I really, I appreciate that. So that's cool. <laughs> you know, I'm going to wrap it up with this. And I think you've got, um, I just, again, you've been amazing and you shared what I was hoping you would share. So this is great. I, I think I'd like to have you give some advice to other women. And, you know, you have this wonderful, charming disposition, you know, of the glasses half full. And I think that is how you roll, if I'm guessing correctly. Look at the brighter side, you know, not Pollyanna, but just the brighter side of things. I'm curious what one or two pieces of advice you might give other women. One, if they're struggling to get ahead, you know, they'd like to move forward. Maybe they're having a tough time making choices about speaking up or, you know, getting to the next level for their careers. But what would be a couple of slices of advice you would give other women, you know, having the chance to be able to share that? No pressure, right? Big question. (laughs) Well, first of all, Michelle, this is one reason that I'm a part of your wonderful organization is because I, you know, look up to so many women um, that are members that, you know, that um, motivate me. So my biggest advice to anyone out there that I've had to, you know, live my life by a little bit to keep on the right path is your environment. I really feel that your environment is everything, whether it's, you know, your personal environment, your professional environment, your family environment, and your family is not always your family. Sometimes your friends are your family. So, you know, right, we're right. in control. It's the one that we, we can con- just, be in a position where you are in control of your environment at all times because I'm telling you, whatever you have around you is takes a toll on you. So whatever your goals are, find people who are reaching those same goals, whether it's fitness, whether it's, you know, making money, whether it's family values, whatever, whatever, whoever you want to be, find your tribe. And I hate you. I know everyone says find your tribe, but I love that. Find your tribe of who is doing what you want to be doing I do too. and then immerse yourself, yeah. immerse yourself in that group and just learn from them as much as you can. And that's what I've done. And, you know, I'm still doing and that's the best advice I can give, I guess. No, I love that. I the think negative that's, you know, that's honest. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah. well, don't they say, you know, I mean, it's not just who's better off than you or more successful. If you, that's how you look at it. I think it's that, you do want to find, you know, people that can help build you up, that make you um, just feel like you're contributing, you know, and that you're growing together. You know, I, I love that. And you know, last question. Too. Right. That's the good chi, right? Like if you find somebody that's exactly. kind of, you get that sense of neg- negativity, that's a hard one, you know. I mean, you really want to pick your relationships. I love that. Um, last big no, question. No haters. You know, I'm... <laughs> No haters. No, haters going to not hate around me, that's for sure, or you, because you can't no put up with that anymore. Um, I, I also would love for you to kind of just give us the future of Carly Chance. Like, what are you seeing in the next five years for you? And maybe that's too much to get your arms around, but I'm really curious how you see the future for you. Oh, wow, that's such a good question. I wonder that every day, actually. My son's 17, so I'm kind of like at this crunch phase of my life. I'm like, where am I going to live? Am I going to stay where I'm at now? Am I going to move back to San Diego? Am I going to, is he going to still be living with me? How is that going to affect my career? I don't have an answer. I um, I just want to be happy, and I want to be healthy, and I want to be around people who, like you said, want to help me grow and be strong and support me along the way, and that's my goal is um, just whatever 
keeps me in those environments and keeps me mentally and physically happy, I know whatever I'm doing will be enough. I love that. That's And, you know, and that's how we're going to leave the show. I just want to say thank you to you and all of our listeners being on Women Lead Radio today for you to be our leading lady. And I want to say a special thank you to all of our our listeners, you know, we're international in scope now, which excites me that we've got listeners from throughout the U.S. and also internationally. And we're here every single Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So from all of us here at Women Lead Radio, we'll see you on the next radio show. And Carly, thank you again. And to all of our listeners, have an absolutely phenomenal week because we are on the end of the last two months of 2021. So have a great week. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where like-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com.